this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, one of the things that's going on, uh, so many things going on right now, but Max Locato is on your podcast this weekend, and you're talking about the end times. And we, we, had, a, we had a congressman on today. Those people would never, never address this stuff. With never us. address this, and he was like, you know, prepare for the end times. It's, yeah. I mean, people are starting to have those conversations. It's wild. Um, but as I was listening to Max Lucado talk about this and how Israel needed to be a nation for any of this yeah. stuff to come true from a prophecy perspective, how much of the conversation back when Israel was forming post World War II was about this? Like, was it heavily addressed and talked about? Like, wait a minute. If we do this, we could be setting ourselves up for the end times. Was that you part know, of the conversation? I've never, I've never thought of it. I don't think so. Because I know Harry Truman was instrumental. And it was his faith that it was actually because his grandfather talked about hiding a religious minority in a barn in his lifetime back in the 1800s. And he remembered that story and thought that should never happen. Um, and that that's what piqued um, his interest in it. And I know he was a religious guy, a scriptural guy, so it may have played a role. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to look that up. I know that with the founders, and this is something that I said to um, uh, Peter Lilback, um, who's a scholar on George Washington and others, and I told him, I said, I think that the founders knew the founding of Israel was going to be the result of this. And he at first said, no, I don't think so. He ended up writing a book saying, I think they did. I think they did. Um, I think that is, that was the role of America. But I haven't looked at the days of when it was fulfilled because it's, that had to happen. Had to. Had to happen. Had to happen. Okay, uh, today's podcast is really great. Um, uh, can't wait for you to hear it. And it's brought to you by Relief Factor. Um, if you're in pain, please, I know you've tried everything. I've lived it. I've done it. I've walked the walk. I, I, everything in my life changed. Everything. I, I'm learning to play the piano poorly, horribly, occasionally. Um, but at least I can move my hands without pain. My wife made me do it because I was stubborn. I didn't think it would ever work. If you feel like you've tried everything, may I invite you to try Relief Factor? 
three-week quick start, 1995. It's a trial pack. It's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered it, over a million now. And about 70% of them go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. Get the 1995 three-week quick start. Again, ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. We are a people at war. Last night, Syria. F-16s and F-18s. The U.S. launched an airstrike on Iranian-backed militias. These militias have been firing rockets for several days. We have warned Iran. Twelve American soldiers have been hurt with traumatic brain injury. Iran told us yesterday before the launch that America is not safe and will feel the, quote, Fire of the Islamic Fury. Hamas was in Russia yesterday, meeting top levels with the Russian government. We are a world at war. Right now, we are not fully engaged with armies and navies, not yet. We may soon be at a world war. A war with the entire world in flames. But that's not the war we're fighting yet. I feel so strongly in a feeling I have never had before. This is the moment of individual choosing. We are at war with deceit and lies, confusion, chaos. This Middle Eastern thing is not over territory. It is good versus evil. And I want to make it really clear. I am not putting the United States of America in the good pile. I don't know who we are anymore. I know who we can be, who we should be, and who we need to be. But we have been fighting evil here for decades now, and we didn't realize it. And we were so fat with wealth and everything else that we allowed it to happen. Our people, our families, our churches, almost every institution has been beaten down and much of it lay in rubble. This was just the softening of the ground before the war. The war is yet to come. I was overwhelmed in the last few days of something, and I couldn't put my finger on it, and yesterday I felt we were crossing a threshold. And this is a very short window where you and your family have to wake up and choose who you and your family will be. I mean, audibly choose. Let me share an essay that I read today, an op-ed. 
A day after Jewish college kids found it necessary to barricade themselves in a library at the center of Greenwich Village while a mob of repugnant terrorist lovers banged on locked doors trying to get at them, the message is being broadcast that on this Sabbath, Jews in Brooklyn had better remain at home, stay inside, lock the doors. A pro-Palestinian protest is scheduled for 3 p.m. Saturday in front of the Brooklyn Museum. That's a mile from 770 Eastern Parkway. That's the headquarters of the largest ultra-Orthodox sect in the world. Roughly 20,000 observant Jews live around 770 in the neighborhood called Crown Heights. Jews should definitely avoid the area. An ultra-Orthodox news site called the CO Live. Security source has advised them, the local Jewish Self-Defense Association, to avoid the area at all cost. There's no intel at this time in which direction of the protest, in which direction it will head. Locals should be it should definitely stay away from Eastern Parkway in that area. Will the Jews of Brooklyn feel that they're at risk? And here's what they feel today. They cannot be protected. On the Sabbath, observant Jews don't use electricity or vehicles or screens, so they are locked out of information. And to pass the time on Sabbath afternoon, they do what in a way, what we used to do when there were blue laws. You'd go for a Sunday drive. They often go for a long walk, but not this weekend. As a security source said, after all, who knows which direction the mob will go? We know which direction the mob will go. Better for the Jews to stay inside. Just as it became a matter of life and death for them to stay inside in, back in 1991 in the very same neighborhood. What everybody is afraid of is a repeat of August 1991. Crown Heights that year. A three-day anti-Jewish riot followed a tragic automobile accident that took the life of a seven-year-old black child after he was hit by a car being driven by a Hasidic Jew. Not only were 38 Jews beaten... Seven Jewish-owned businesses were looted and burned to the ground. Let's go get a Jew, the mob chanted. And they did. They murdered an Australian doctoral student named Yankel Rosenbaum, stabbing him and then smashing his skull. At Cooper Union in Greenwich Village just a couple of days ago, the kids barricaded inside for their own safety saw members of the pro-terror group mob glaring at them through the glass doors and pounding on the windows. Those kids heard taunts from outside and they knew, as every Jew knows, down to their multi-millennial marrow, that any one of them at any moment could become Yankel Rosenbaum. Stay inside, bar the doors, hide. Why do you think the marchers are meeting near Crown Heights? Because they know. Their purpose isn't to call a ceasefire or to advocate for the Palestinian people. Their purpose is to make it known what October 7th made known. There will be no peace or security for any Jew anywhere in the world if they don't get their way. And God help the Jews if they do. 
And rather than feeling certain that the NYPD will protect them, they're learning the lesson American Jews have almost never felt the need to learn. Stay inside. Mind the mob. The monsters are here. Hide. That's what happened in 1991. For two days after the car accident, the cops did almost nothing except stand by due to the orders of a feckless and foolish mayor and his spineless police commissioner. Unless, that is, they tried to intervene to help people and were beaten themselves. More than 100 police officers were injured during this program. In the end, thousands of cops were finally committed to the effort and the riot ended. So eventually, so eventually did the feckless mayor's career. In 2023, three weeks after Jews in Israel were set upon by marauders who murdered 1,400 people and injured nearly three times that many. In cities all around the world, now in New York, the Jews outside Israel are under attack as never before in recent history, rather than finding themselves protected as never before. No, they must once again hide. Like Anne Frank trapped for two years in an attic because any outdoor public breath would mean capture and death. Captured anyway because someone in the house below the attic ratted the Frank family out. Stay inside. This op-ed writer says, In my 62 years of life, I have thought every day of the blessings America has been to the Jewish people, a blessing unlike any of my people have ever known. And in this city, the most Jewish city in the world outside of Israel, has been a blessing as well. But at this moment, the Jews had better hide. I cannot tell you how terrifying this is. If I were to accomplish one thing in my life, if I were to do only one thing in my career, it would be to plead with you to remember who you are, to remember that God loves all of his children that he wants all of us back with him. Even those that are so misguided that they are shouting for the gassing of Jews. That we could somehow or another find the leaders in this country, find the priest and the pastors and the rabbis that will actually stand together that will inspire us to take the blows and not strike back, but to fight hatred with love, but with courage. No other story matters today. I just went through the 60, 70 stories in my show prep. 
and they're all so important. But no other story truly matters today. This is the one thing that could change the course of our country, change the course of our spiritual nature as a country. Everything that is important eternally is wrapped up in this op-ed I just read. Our souls and the souls of our children, the future of our civilization is at stake today. And today is the day that you must choose. It's going to be very hard to defend Israel soon. The entire world will turn on Israel. And we will be the peculiar ones. We will be them. We will be the persecuted ones. Because we will be the ones that choose life. You know that we have been fighting evil because it's a culture of death. And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob invites us to choose life. Please don't dismiss this. Please. You are listening to this broadcast for a reason. Where are the millions that should stand up and protect and walk with the Hasidic Jew this weekend? Where are the pastors in the church? Are they all in the walls of their church? Or do they not understand that the church means all of us and what we do outside of those walls? You know, Poland, there were more Jews in Poland than anywhere else in the world. Warsaw was the New York. In 1939, there were 35 million people that lived in Poland. Three million, three million Jews in that population were killed by the Nazis and by some Poles who worked right alongside the Nazis. When I was there after a trip to Auschwitz, I asked the chief rabbi of Poland, there were only 7,000 people that stood out of 35 million. There were only 7,000. He looked at me and he said, I know what a miracle. Some were anti-Semitic, but most said nothing because of fear or duress and some for professional gain. So many could have done something, so many did nothing. But 7,000. Are there 7,000 within the sound of my voice today that will stand in the end and risk everything. Stand to choose life. Stand to reject evil. And just make the next right choice. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, it seems like a fun day. You know, it's Friday. 
Uh, we have Jason uh, Buttrill, who has come in to uh, brief us on, you know, the little F-16, F-18 jets going on over to Syria and uh, bombing the snot out of them uh, last night. And these are Iranian-backed militia groups, correct? That's correct. Did, they, did our government actually say that that was unrelated to yeah. everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is why I hate the media. They're going to allow that to get passed. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, but the, nobody <laughs> believes that. Who believes that? Well, they're not talking about it in the grand scope of what's about to happen. Israel is about to become the center of the world, and they're not talking about it that way. What do you mean they're about to become the center of the world? Oh, Glenn, this is this is going to be in. I don't want to use the word insane again, but it's going to be insane. This is all a part of a plan. So right now, I think since the last 10 days, we've been hit 19 times. Yes. By these Iranian backed forces. Correct. We have had zero response mm-hmm. since these F-16s, F-16s, whatever, mm-hmm. actually went and, and, and retaliated. 16s and 18s. Nuts. I mean, we there was no response, and what this was is this is a warning. So there's this is all a plan. Now I, I haven't I didn't sit in in with the cabal, you know, the this axis of evil that's that's you know <laughs> gone together that we know of that we know of. <laughs> yeah, I was not sitting there listening to the plan, but this is a plan. There's no way Gaza does that attack without Iran's approval, without Correct. their sign off. Correct. There, there's no way. Correct. But the problem is hot for Hamas. They're not set up to engage in a war of attrition with Israel. They're not. So then you got to ask, what is the plan then? Well, the plan is for them to sustain this attack. They've been firing nonstop rockets. Again, where, where did they get all these rockets? They, they came from Iran. They came from Hezbollah. And they can only do this for a certain amount of time. Well, what they're doing is waiting for the ground invasion from the IDF into Gaza to happen. That is going to happen. So what then happens? Well, then Hezbollah gets involved. Then IRGC from Syria, which we just struck, then they get involved. All of these fronts converge. That's been their plan since the beginning. Multi-front war on Israel. It can't just happen from Gaza. So everyone knows this. They're not telling us this is happening. But all these pot shots from Iran, Houthis from Yemen, again, Iranian. Yes, yes. All of these have been warning uh, warning shots, in, in a sense, at us to say, this is us, hap- this is us doing our thing. Do not get involved. Because if we do get involved, and I'm, this is that's what we're waiting on right now. We're waiting on the reason the ground invasion has not happened yet is because they are waiting on American assets to get in theater. Just say it that way. Our government media just say it that way. We are waiting on American assets to start engaging in this war. That's what we're doing. We have already sent two aircraft carriers. We it's not have... going to be enough. I, I expect another one. I expect another one. Because when Iranians... When's the last time we had three aircraft carriers in that region? Gulf War. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we have... We've, we've already put thousands of American troops, sailors, and airmen uh, into the Gulf region because of this. The president sent over another 900 troops yesterday just to go into Syria and to back our forces in Syria, which we are just watching the oil fields, right? Isn't that what we're doing? Saying we're doing? um, Yeah, there is maybe one or two that we have bases near. Uh, Basically, they're trying to just keep that away from the Assad forces and all that. Um, There's an air base uh, at Deir Zor, I believe, that U.S. forces are at. I think that was the one of the ones that got hit recently by these Iranian forces. So what is, because we said to the United Nations, if they don't stop, 
we will act decisively and immediately. And, um, you know, that's prompted the response from Iran about the Islamic fire and the fury that they're going to unleash on us. Um, and then we did it. So where does this go from here? I mean, those were that threat is empty words based off of the Biden administration's response so far. This one little attack on whatever they hit is is so minor. They need to be going directly at these uh, Iranian backed militias and those spread all the way through into Iraq. So American forces were in Iraq, were in Kurdistan, uh, northern Iraq, uh, were in Syria. All of these air assets, they're, they're trying to get to protect U.S. forces that we have strung out all over the place because those are now targets. So ground invasion, uh, Hezbollah, uh, IRGC get involved, and then Iran directly, uh, God forbid, on some of these American sites because they know that for them, this is this is war. For us, this is, oh, we don't know what to do. We're going to let it. No, we're all going to be drawn into this. And it just depends on how far this is going to progress. Um, I would I would think the big shot that Iran would do would be to start shutting down the Straits, uh, Strait of Hormuz, Bab al-Memdeb in the, for the, in the Red Sea. That happens, and it is war. It's it, global war. You shut those Straits down, that's global war. Big time. Yeah. But, but that is the direction we're headed. And, I, you know, you got to wonder, why now? I, you know, I, 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 well, let me ask you this, because you just say, why now? As you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, it's interesting. The Biden administration is weak, absolutely weak, pathetic, pathetic. And it's it's the the citizens are in disarray and not necessarily all behind the president. There's a bunch of people that are and a bunch of people that aren't. Same with same with um, Bibi Netanyahu. The citizenry is is split Mm -hmm. on his administration. Same thing in Iran. Same thing in Russia. Same thing in Ukraine. All of these, Syria, all of these countries that are engaged in this, they have weak governments right now. Is that a coincidence? Um, I no, I, I think that's definitely part of it. I, I think uh, it feel like we're taking the brunt of trouble to hold these administrations up. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I think that our weak government um, doing whatever their interests are in Ukraine, getting bogged down in Ukraine has definitely paid, played a big part of this as well, because we are probably about 12 months behind on ordering ammunition to replenish our own stockpiles because of the Ukrainian war. Um, that is a big part of it. The, the, the Biden administration needs to today declare the Ukraine war, Ukraine, Russia war over. They need to do that. And 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 for all intents and purposes, Glenn, it is it, it is over. It is a stagnant conflict. It, the, 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 the battle lines, the front lines have been set. They're not going to make any more major advances on either side. Those are set, but we're still continuing to fund and arm that forever war. And right now that it is a forever war. They need to declare it over. They it's, won't. It's done. We are, we are now bowing out of that because there's nothing to be gained. Yesterday, beyond. Hamas was in Moscow. Yeah. Meeting with, you know, high authorities in Moscow. Yeah. Uh, Moscow has made uh, all kinds of alliances with Iran. Yeah. So we have our axis of evil. Yeah. And if Iran engages us and Israel, then our eye is off the ball. They will think in Ukraine and it will be. It should be. We're not. What are we doing? Mm hmm. 
And they will use that as a way to go into, I think, Ukraine, bog us down in a two-front war. And I don't think it's very long before China then goes in and goes into Taiwan. Because there's no way we could fight a three-front war. Yeah. And that's what they want to expose. The, we, there, the, the days of a, a lone global superpower are over. And how they always use the word multipolar war. They're forcing the multipolar war you know, uh, how that looks onto us pretty much right now in real time. I don't think that Russia can't really do anything uh, to support Hamas at the moment uh, or even really Iran. They have their own problems. They have their own munition problems and money problems. But this is definitely a time for choosing. And it's showing Mm -hmm. the world what it's going to look like in the very near future. Sides are getting split. Countries are choosing who they want to align with. And as how you can it, how can Germany, France, England choose Israel? How could they possibly do that? They are over. Look at what's happening in our country. They are overrun yeah. by Islamists. Uh, how are they going to possibly do that? Because they'll have a fight inside of their own country as well as in foreign lands. And talk about weak governments. They are the poster ch- children of weak governments. They have people in power that are sympathizers. You know, they're, they're, they're all on the woke side. They're all on, so many of them probably privately support Hamas, and they don't even really understand why, because they've been told they're supposed to. Uh, I mean, it's, we are infested with this kind of leadership all over the free world. You know me. You've known me for a long time. You know I have tripwires. Mm. And the significant tripwire that is um, the the last real significant ship, uh, tripwire that I have to do things that um, that I think protect my family and everything else. Uh, the last one is global war. And I think when global war actually really hits and we're all like, holy cow, where you are is where you will be. Mm-hmm. How close are we to that tripwire? I don't the, the countries that are involved right now are not ready for global war. Um, Russia is not ready for global war. China is not even ready to go after Taiwan. They're just not. They're they're years away from even attempting that. Um, Iran is not capable of even regional war. I don't think they're they're capable of these little pot shot attacks, and they they've they've gathered up these militias to cause chaos. But I feel that we're in the chaos stage. We're in the chaos stage to see how far out we can get split up, how many conflicts we can get involved in. And they're, those big three, China, Russia, Iran, are going to be major players in that. But I think that's the stage we're in right now. And the Holy Land was one of the, I guess, launching points for them to start this. Um, Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan in the future. The best of the Glenn Beck program. We have Congressman Corey Mills on the phone. He is a Republican from Florida. Uh, he's a decorated U.S. Army combat veteran, recipient of the Bronze Star. Uh, he left Florida, serve his country first in uniform, then to go to the uh, State Department, oof, uh, and then other government agencies in both Afghan, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. He has 
spent most of his life serving our nation, and he is one of the first guys to get onto a plane and get people out if the United States government has left them behind. He served in the 82nd Airborne Division, and he is on with us now. Corey, hello. Glenn, thanks so much for having me. No, no, no. Thank you, honestly, for for everything that you are doing. We we couldn't have done what we did without you. Um, and well, you, you guys have been amazing, Glenn. I mean, honestly, you, Mercury One, Patriot Mobile, all the amazing donors that supported us on today's flight. Uh, you know, it, it this couldn't have happened without everyone coming together. And it's sad. You know, just two years ago, Glenn, and you know this because I can remember uh, your flights out of Mazar Sharif. You know, two years ago in 2021, our team and I ended up conducting the very first successful overland rescue of Americans for a mother and three children born and raised in Amarillo, Texas. And when I saw the horrendous and just the barbarism that was going on by Hamas in Israel, I knew that this administration was not going to stand up and do what was necessary to protect the lives of American citizens. I knew that they had no plan, no strategy, and that their failed foreign policy would continue to lead to these types of incidents. And uh, again, I'm just thankful for you and and Mercury and all the rest who came to support us in this. Um, we, We got 159 people out today. Uh, that combined with 96 that we had done from ground operations, I personally conducted 77 uh, of those with, with my team on the ground in Israel from uh, Tiberias to Nazareth to Haifa to the West Bank to Jerusalem. Um, first time ever in Israel was actually saving Americans, but I believe that was God's purpose is to allow me to see his holy land in a, in a, in a way that I can only see it, which is to help those in need. So... Um First of all, thank you again for what you do. Um, we, we we should get on the phone uh, together sometime off the air and just uh, make sure that you, whatever you need when you need it, that we're your first call because that. you're doing amazing work. Um, and we would love to support you right off and not have to wait, you know, and go, hey, look, they're not doing anything. What should we do? Um, well, courage is contagious, as you know. I mean, my whole reason for running for office is because I wanted to be a statesman who was about action and not a politician who was about talk. We have more than enough of those in D.C. And so, uh, you know, again, it was one of those. And it's a, so if everyone knows, not a single dollar of taxpayers funding, not a single dollar of anything that I'm doing is coming. It's my personal funding that I put into this. I put... Uh, a couple hundred grand into the Afghan rescues. I've done about the same into to Israel. I've uh, mm-hmm. been very blessed in my career. But, but you know, I want people to understand that, you know, if you're sitting at home and you say, well, I don't possess this military background or I don't know people in these countries in the way I can try and help them out or I don't know contacts, you know, the smallest of, of things to try and support other organizations who are doing it is such an impact. And it really is playing a part into this. This is driven by your faith driven by my faith and driven by what I believe America truly represents. You know, the person that sits in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is not the person who represents all of America's spirit. Thank you. They have to understand that at the end of the day, it's the American people. It's American exceptionalism. It's our American values that actually cause us to be able to continue to try and fight for what is right. And when I know that there are people in need, when I know that there are American citizens who, who are stranded or, or trapped or are left behind, 
I can't sit on my hands and do nothing. I can't, when I know for a fact, you know, C.S. Lewis used to talk about his talents, that you're blessed with these talents. And it's essentially your capabilities, your capacities, your, 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 your skill sets. And, you know, I feel like I've been blessed with, with my talents to be able to do as much as I can with them while I'm here. And I want to make sure that, you know, when it is my time, I'm able to be able to be confident in saying that, you know, are you happy with all that I had done with all that you had blessed me with and all that you had given me? And I think that that's a really big thing. And, um, uh, you know, just it, it's just I think that being an a, a elected official who is trying to build confidence back that our government isn't going to strand you, build confidence back that there are people here who do care, uh, build confidence back that there are those of us who are truly here for the right reason because we want to represent America. I mean, that that's really another purpose for me because I've seen where, deservingly so, Congress has had a extremely low uh, level of, of, of approval, and and I can understand that. But I can tell you that there are many members like myself, and especially our new speaker, Speaker Mike Johnson, who is really going to represent the American people and do what is right for you, and we will continue to fight for the American spirit. Well, you know, most of us don't know who he is. Um, I know he's a, a deep man of, of faith, and, you know, I don't know anything else about him other than that. His voting record is, you know, about where McCarthy's was. But I will take a man of deep faith every single time. Well, not only that, but he's a constitutional lawyer, so he's exceptionally constitutionally principled. He truly does believe in limited government, so much so that he is ensuring that our House of Representatives is decentralized, where it is a members-driven, not speaker-driven solution. He's demonstrated that. Wow. He's shown that from day one. The other thing that's amazing about Mike is Mike is a true man of integrity. And if you think about those two things that you just mentioned, the fact that he believes and he's dedicated to faith and also that he's a constitutionalist, why those are so important? Because they literally go hand in hand. Our United States Constitution, its yeah. entire reasoning was to protect our inalienable rights on our Christian Judeo faith. And so when you've got a person who is a person of faith, when you have a person who truly understands that our limitations, our parameters, our guidelines for government is limited to that of the Constitution, if you understand the Tenth Amendment where it says that not the Constitution falls upon the individual states and individuals, then you know that we have to limit federal government overreach yes. into our lives, into our businesses, and that we have to get back to what America truly represented by our founding fathers. I really feel like we have entered a time of choosing kind of, kind of almost like a, a last window here. Get out while the getting is good and stand with life and make your choice now um, because we are we're at a crossroads where um, the two can't coexist side by side. We, we can't have, you know, a, a, a country that stands by the the sanctity of life and the decency to everybody um, and yet have so many protesters um, around the country that are screaming for the death of Jews. Um, it, it, and it's it, we're just in this weird place. I feel like right now that it's so important for everybody to to choose. Can you tell me a little bit about what you felt on the on the ground in Israel and what maybe the, the bombing of Syria last night might mean? Well, we knew that uh, the entire incident, I was a geopolitical analyst for a while. I was a SECDEF advisor under the Trump administration. Um, we knew that 
the talks that were going on after the Abram Accords to try and continue to normalize relations with Israel, to try and recognize Israel, um, was really starting to grow. I mean, if you if you go back in time, you think about 1979 for Israel or for uh, uh, Egypt, and 1994 for Jordan. Then you all of a sudden start having these Gulf countries come in, and then you had what is literally the mecca for uh, most of the Middle East, which is there in Saudi Arabia, who are now trying to normalize relationships. And Israel, of all people could not permit such a thing to happen because it would have weakened them as well as their allies because there is this geopolitical alignment of china russia iran and north korea the true axis of evil and so you know when we look at this we knew that it was going to lead to people like general secretary hassan nasrallah uh, of hezbollah and lebanon starting to come to the fight we knew uh, out of Iraq, you were going to start seeing people like uh, Kais Kazali and Hadi Alami, who run the proxy militias that were started up by the Quds, former Quds, uh, Quds Force commander Qasem Soleimani starting up. You know, the Houthis were going to get involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be an all-out destabilization. But one of the main reasons for this is not just failed policy, but weakness invites aggression. Oh, yeah. We've never had a weaker president in the White House than this. And I, I, I want to comment on one of the things that you just said, Glenn, when you were saying, you know, the the things that we're hearing in the streets and, you know, I'm all for protecting our constitutional rights to include the first amendment, yes. but you're hearing all the things that's going on. This shouldn't shock anyone of faith. And the reason why I say that's because we already know that at the end of days, what is right will be wrong and what is wrong will be right. My grandfather reminds me of this all the time. When I go into these tirades where I just start coming in and going, God, I can't believe this, or I can't see this, or I, I you know, you wouldn't believe the hypocrisy here. And sometimes he'll ground me, and, I, and this is a great thing. I was I was in, I was adopted by my grandparents. Uh, kind of had a unique background. My my mom and dad I came from a broken family where both of them had substance and drug abuse issues. Uh, my dad spent over thirty years in prison, and my mom spent over seven and a half years in prison. Uh, and I bounced house to house until my grandparents finally adopted me. But we were always rooted in faith, and so when he when he tells me things like that, which is, son, don't don't worry. In the end of days, what is right will be wrong. What is wrong will be right. But we will also be tried under the same types of trials and tribulations that Job faced. So keep your faith, because that's what's going to be tested in those end days. Um, that, that's another just driving factor, you know, because we already know how this movie plays out. We know exactly what's going to happen with the destabilization of the Middle East. We know that, you know, God and, and, and the rest of the nation will continue to stand with the people of, you know, the Israelites. And so it, it's one of those things where I, I look at this and as much chaos as it's going on, I'm still able to find the peace and find the calm. And today was one of those days where when you see people's face, and one of the stories, Glenn, was a, a, a family who was literally going to the airport. And as they were getting on the road to get to the airport, a rocket had made it through the Iron Dome and hit the, the light pole that was on the side of the road right where they were driving. And I mean, put pieces of, of, of metal and things like this into their vehicle. And so many people that came off that plane told me we got out just in time. You're an amazing man. Uh, I would love to uh, do a podcast with you, Corey. Um, uh, thank you so much. Is 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 what happened last night? Um, is Iran prepared to fight? Is this going to draw us in? Is this going to become a bigger 
I think it's War. a much bigger thing. I think what's going to end up happening is is that China has to make their play to become a hedge of money. You know, their goal ultimately with Russia was to eliminate the U.S. dollar from being the global currency. They wanted to utilize OPEC with a petrodollar, W-H-O-W-E-F, to try and be weaponized against the, the West. They want to achieve the Belt and Road Initiative, which was expanding the Eurasian border, taking over Africa and Oceania, not just to control the supply chain resources, but also because they're really out to um, essentially choke off the uh, Western Hemisphere of any of our raw materials and rare earth mineral mines that they now control 15 of the 16 rare earth mineral mines across across the world. And so um, what they're doing right now is looking to choke us off on Mediterranean, Red Sea, Black Sea, Persian Gulf. But then look at our own hemisphere, Glenn. We now have where they're utilizing economic coercion with Panama and Honduras to control the Panama Canal. They're now utilizing their marriage of convenience with Russia for the Chavez of Venezuela, Pedro and Colombia. Venezuela, who now has a 400 football field large spy satellite that no one is talking about. The spy and training military bases that are actually linked there in Cuba, 92 miles off of my state in Florida. But this is about trying to make a play to unify Taiwan. This is about a play to eliminate the U.S. dollar from the global currency. This is about a play to try and sink the West. And they think that this is their only opportunity and they have to bring us into a another endless war. And this is the thing that I'm against. I'm against us continuing to get into these endless wars. I'm all for supporting the defense of Israel. But I also think that we have to stop looking at things in singularity and start looking at things more analytically where we link all of these together and understanding what the actual true purpose or intent is of our adversaries. And what's worse, we're funding this, Glenn. The money that we borrow from the nations that are adversarial and the supply chain mechanism in which we rely upon are the very people who want to eliminate us. This is why it's so important for us to start thinking not from a kinetic gun to gun, bomb to bomb, bullet to bullet, but start thinking economic resource and cyber warfare. Start thinking of the evolution of how things have actually transpired. And start getting back to an America first agenda, Glenn, that allows us to have dominance on security for our, our energy sector, securing our borders, protecting our children and just putting America first again. So, Corey, I was talking to um, our military guy uh, on my staff and he said he felt that we are still a ways away from a, a global war. Um, but this was the beginning of things. Uh, what do you what are you sensing You know, one of the things that you're talking about is when will we be awake? You know, the last time that America was truly awoken to the atrocities of what occurs and the threats against our nation was really during 9-11. Yes. And I hate that it takes such horrific things to occur before we unify the nation and before we understand that we can't do the devil's work for them. We can't be the adversarial's right hand to go ahead and diminish and destroy and divide ourselves here at home. You know, it's the old saying, united we stand and divided we fall. I think that I think everyone needs to be more awoke to the fact that what is occurring abroad can happen here. And one of the key things that we need to be looking at is that southern border. We need to be questioning why is it that this administration and their cabal is working so hard, tirelessly, to keep our borders open when even last month we had over 270 people that were captured that were already on a terrorist watch list. Jeez. That's what was caught, not what was released, not what was had made it through. 
you know, we're talking about 11 million people. If you combined all of the illegals who have come across since Joe Biden has been in president, it's the second largest densely populated city in America. We know what a handful of people can do as a small cell. And we have to start understanding that we have to start addressing the key issues here. Securing our border is I, number one. I, I pray that you and our new speaker and those who see the light can actually bring us back into some sanity on that. Corey, thank you so well, much. We passed a great bill, H.R. 2, Glenn. We just got to get the Senate to do their job. It's uh, Congressman Corey Mills, a Republican from Florida. Thank you for all you do for bringing Americans home from Israel and before that, Afghanistan. God bless you. You know, today is a great day to get a warranty. Actually, any day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. That's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. All the unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater. They're not going to break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are all taken care of. Having reassurance is something to celebrate. Choose the plan that works for you and your budget. When a covered item in your home breaks, all you do is contact American Home Shield. Their trusted, qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Be warranty. Go to ahs.com slash Beck and save 20%. That's ahs.com slash Beck and get 20% off any plan. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. 